And today we're going to uh, look at what I would call an economic barrier. Economic isn't right, exactly the right word, but it fits. We're going political and religious and family. It's kind of the, the pillars of society. We're going to call it an economic barrier, but as we're going to see, it's far more than just talking about money. We're going to use a story that talks about money, but very quickly it uh, develops to be much more than that. If you have your Bibles with you, turn to Mark chapter 10. That's where we're going to get started today. Mark chapter 10, verse 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. This is a good start for those of you that were here two weeks ago, falling at the feet of Jesus. Good job. Good teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. I have done everything right. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack. Go, sell everything you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. At the end of chapter 10, we have another character, blind Bartimaeus, as a contrast to this rich young man. We have rich and we have poor. We have following and we have going away sad. If you skip ahead to verse 46, we're going to read the story of blind Bartimaeus as well. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, He began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. And throwing aside his cloak means totally abandoning, not just just taking it off and, and putting it there totally abandoning his cloak. He jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Along the road to Jerusalem and along the road to the cross. Through this series, we have seen Jesus as the sacrificial servant, the one who cleanses when we trust in him, and the one to gather around as family. 
Each of those point to us giving up something. Our power, our pride, our independence. And here Mark makes very clear what Jesus is asking for. Sell everything. Abandon our possessions. That is the way for a faithful disciple. I'd like to suggest that a barrier to the kingdom of God can be our money. But it is far more than that. I'd suggest that it's selfishness, selfishness, or self-sufficiency, holding on to what matters to us. Instead, the kingdom of God is for those who give up everything. For the rich man, it was his wealth, and for blind Bart, it was his cloak. To a poor beggar in the first century, his cloak would have been a mat that he could put in front of him that people could throw coins onto, and he would listen and hear the coins hit his, hit his cloak. It was also his blanket. It was also his jacket. A cloak was his everything. That's what he had to make money, to keep himself warm, to keep himself out of the elements. His cloak was very, very important to him. When I say you're everything, it doesn't necessarily mean that to follow Jesus, you are left with nothing. Everything means that which is most important to you. For the Lord of the Rings fans, this is the ring to Gollum. My precious. As we continue, start thinking, what is your everything? Has it been given over to Jesus? In the book of Mark, there are many, many examples of people who give everything to follow Jesus. Peter and Andrew are fishing, and it says they leave their nets. James and John are also fishing, but it doesn't say they left their nets. For them, they left their father. For Levi, he leaves his career as a tax collector. Blind Bartimaeus leaves his cloak. The widow in the temple gives two coins. She could have kept one of them. The woman who anoints Jesus, an alabaster jar of perfume. A year's worth of wages is what it was worth. She did what she could, Jesus says. For myself, uh, I had to give up the desire and the dream to be a camp director. I have a degree uh, from Columbia Bible College in outdoor recreation. I grew up in just outside of Abbotsford in Chilliwack. And I, w- I was going to be a camp director. I had been affirmed. That's the direction that I was going to go. Until one day, I was challenged on that. I went through a rather sleepless couple of nights, and I found, up that, found out that that was a dream that I needed to give over to God. As a result of giving that over, it opened up this door to be a youth pastor. Not something I really ever wanted to do. And as a result of giving over that dream and accepting this new calling, I ended up leaving my family in BC. I left my friends and I moved out to the prairies. For a BC boy who has an outdoor recreation degree and has been guiding through the mountains... It was not what I was expecting. My everything was my dreams, my parents, my friends. I gave it all up, and I moved out here. 
I knew a couple of people, but very few, and none really well. And God blessed me a thousand, well, at least it says in the Bible, a hundred times over with spiritual family, with my own family. The cost of giving up everything was rewarded immensely. I tell that to you simply so that you know that this series isn't just something that gets preached on from the Bible. But it also gets lived out in our day-to-day lives. That was 14 years ago. I was trying to think of other examples more recent. And there are some, but they're smaller. They're not that big, give up everything. But we live these things out day after day. We need to be constantly giving up our everything to Jesus. If you want to follow Jesus, it will cost you your everything. Now, giving up everything doesn't mean that you won't ever see it again. If you don't want to leave your family and never see them again, leave your career and never see them again, leave your finances never see it again, it simply means that it is now Jesus's. Or at least it won't stand in the way of God's will. A few verses after leaving their family and their nets, the disciples are back in their hometown in Peter's mother-in-law's house. And she is healed from her sickness. In chapter 3, Jesus asks them to have a boat ready. Well, he's asking a bunch of fishermen in their hometown to have a boat ready for him. I think they're going to grab their boat and give it to Jesus. But their boat is no longer used for fishing. It now becomes a pulpit. And Jesus uses it to spread his word. Tim Gettert, the the guy who taught me about the book of Mark, and I'm using his commentary for some of these thoughts, says this, Leaving everything is more about priorities than it is actually abandoning people or things. It is about putting kingdom matters first, being ready to drop anything that stands in the way of faithful discipleship. The challenge is that it is constant. It's not just a one-time thing. So let's continue in chapter 10, verse 23. Jesus says, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Then he continues right after that. And we find out it's not just for the rich. He says, Children, how hard it is for everyone to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples ask a rather insightful question. They don't totally get it. So if the rich, the ones who receive God's blessing of wealth, can't even be saved, they ask, then who can be saved? Jesus replies, no one. It's impossible. You can't give enough. You can't be good enough. You can't follow enough laws. It totally depends on God. I put up the, uh, the NIV and the message. I really like the message version. No chance at all if you think you can pull it off by yourself. Every chance in the world if you let God do it. The other New Testament writers 
give us a word for this, for what this is when we let God do it. The New Testament word is called grace. Grace is a gift. With true gifts that you get at Christmas time, at your birthday, or those ones just because, the only thing that is really expected of you is that you receive it. You put out your hand and you accept it. Tim Gerrit says, Yet for grace to be effective, one must receive it. One must let go of whatever holds our hearts. One must follow Jesus. Grace is a gift, but we have a responsibility. With any gift, we still need to receive it. Ephesians 2 says it is by grace that we have been saved. Each of us has a choice. We can only hold on to one thing. We can hold on to our everything, or we can hold on to God's grace. In Matthew, Jesus says, No one can serve two masters. You either serve God or money. Following Jesus on our own strength is impossible. And this is what the disciples and everyone else in Mark's gospel found out. Every one of them failed Jesus. In the Garden of Gethsemane, the soldiers come, they take Jesus, and it says that everyone deserted him and fled. Shortly after, Peter denies Jesus three times. And even in the book of Mark, the women seem to be the ones who are the faithful ones. They follow him right to the cross and witness the crucifixion. But after the resurrection, Mark shows us that they said nothing about the resurrection to others out of fear. Everyone ends up failing at some time. But Jesus knows that the disciples will fail even before they do. Jesus' message to Peter in chapter 14 is this. You will fall away, but after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. He says this before Peter's even failed him. After the resurrection, in chapter 16, an angel appears to the women at the tomb. The angel says, he is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Galilee is the place where it all started for the disciples. Jesus told them he would restore them before they had had even denied him. Jesus knew they couldn't give it their all on their own strength. He knew that they would fail on the journey, but because of his death, and ultimately because of his resurrection, there is hope. He has risen, and he wants his disciples to go back to where it all started, where he first called them, with a new confidence that Jesus defeated death. The book of Mark conveys Jesus' disciples are total failures. 
They can't do anything right in the book of Mark. If you want to learn how to be a disciple from the disciples, read the book of Luke. Luke makes them sound real good. Mark makes them sound terrible. In the, in the gospel of Mark, it's Jesus who is our example that we should be following. But the disciples and the women, they're the ones for us to identify our failures with. They are the ones who, as Peter says, we have left everything to follow you. And yet they still deny him when it really counts. If you feel like a failure Christian, you're not even sure if God can accept you, you're not even close to giving up everything, you've denied Jesus time and time again, you are in good company in the book of Mark. And I would like to think that you're in good company in this church. Together, let's put our hope in the resurrection. It is by his grace that Jesus will restore us. We have been given grace. Let's receive his grace. Let's hold on to his grace. And let's show that grace to one another. A barrier to the kingdom of God can be our money. If that is our most prized possession, our precious But a barrier can be anything that we are not willing to give up. The kingdom of God is made up of those who are willing to give up everything. Trust in God's grace and continually restart with a fresh understanding of the significance of Jesus' resurrection power. Now we know from other sources that the disciples do go back to Galilee as total failures, and they do meet the resurrected Jesus. We know, that a woman, we know that the women did overcome their fear, and they told Peter and the others what they had seen at the tomb. And as a result of the resurrection of Jesus, common fishermen become heroic voices of redemption and shared the good news of Jesus' resurrection with everyone. We also know that they found the courage to lay down their lives for the gospel as martyrs. Jesus calls us to faithfully follow, to give up everything. But when we don't, when we deny him, he calls us back, he restores us, and we can put new hope in his resurrection. A few final thoughts. Over the past weeks, we have seen that we are to give up our power, our pride, our independence, and our everything to be part of God's kingdom. Some questions for you. Are you depending on Jesus to be saved? Are you gathering with believers? Who is it that you need to serve? What is your everything that you need to give over to God? Now, Jesus does not need what you have. He wants you to give it up, whatever it is that's holding you back from receiving his grace and entering his kingdom. Those of you who are number crunchers, from an economic standpoint, giving up everything pays off rather well. Look at uh, verse 29. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied. 
No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, fields, and with them, persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. A hundredfold return in this life and in the life to come. And all it will cost you is the low, low price of everything. Jesus will transform your everything. For those of you who have started your journey towards the cross with Jesus, you've left your everything, and you're continually trying to lay down your everything for him. Read through the the book of Mark, and look at all the failures the disciples had. We all fail. It is humanly impossible. And yet, even before we have failed, Jesus has already made a plan of redemption for us. Many Christians suffer from Christian guilt, beating yourself up over your discipleship failures. And Peter wept over denying Jesus. Grief and remorse are appropriate in confession, but don't stay there. Get up, go back to where Jesus first called you, and continue your journey with new hope. In the resurrection, Of Jesus, your old failures have been forgiven, and grace is a continual offer. Let's take a few moments and ask Jesus if there is anything that we are holding on to. We are going to spend, respond today by taking an offering. Jesus doesn't need your money. This is an opportunity for us to respond to Jesus. We are the ones that need to give up our everything. In God's kingdom, where the first are last and the last are first, it is better to give than to receive. For some of you, the issue isn't money. You'd have no problem giving generously, and you have for years. Maybe you need to choose to respond in another way, simply through prayer. God, today I give you my anger, or my past hurts, or my grandkids, or my boyfriend, or my girlfriend, or my grades, or my reputation, or my fears of the future, or the major decision that needs to be made, or the new car I bought. What is the barrier to the kingdom of God that needs to be given over and replaced with God's grace? We're going to take some time to think about this. I'm going to call the ushers forward and uh, we're going to pray. Take some time to think it through. Don't make a quick decision just because the offering thing is coming by. If it's your everything, you have time to give that. But make sure you know what you are giving. If you want to support the ministry of Bethany College, uh, feel free to put your donation in the offering bag and make sure your checks are payable to Bethany College directly. Let's pray together.
Lord God, we want to accept your grace. We want to give up that which we hold on to instead of living fully in your kingdom. Forgive us for the times that we fail. Help us to find our hope and strength in your resurrection. Help us to continually live lives where we give over our everything to you. We pray that your will would be done in our lives, in our homes, with Bethany College. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.